Amen. Thank you guys so much. You know, it's always a pleasure to be here. It's such an honor. You guys have a great pastor. Did you guys know that? Amen. Oh, come on, guys. Come on. Pastor JP and Rachel uh, truly are dear friends, and uh, I really look up to them and uh, consider them uh, people that I want to be like when I grow up. And uh, so um, they are, they're just, you know, their heart for the Lord was so evident. We haven't known each other for that long, but it feels like we've known each other for a really long time. And uh, so it's a privilege to be here with you today. I believe that God has a word for you today. I believe that God, he wants to restore some things that the enemy has tried to, to break down and to hinder and to close some doors. And so I don't know about you, but I'm ready to open up the doors for 2018. Amen? Amen. So one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about before I came is uh, I, I love New Year time. You know, this is, by the way, first Sunday of the new year, in case you're wondering. I, I found out on my calendar today. Uh, but it's the first Sunday of the new year. And, you know, we have an opportunity to, to start fresh, right? And I don't know about you, but sometimes New Year's is not the most hopeful time. Sometimes New Year's is kind of like you look back on the year and you're like, oh my goodness, now it's time to make another resolution, right? And, and you kind of look back at the year previous and you say to yourself, man, that did not go like I planned it at all. I, I, there was a lot of things that I was hoping were going to happen and they didn't happen. Or there was maybe some things that I was hoping I was going to grow past this or this was going to change in my life. Or maybe this scenario in my life was going to be shifted. And you know what? I'm still battling. I'm still struggling. I believe that today, probably all of us have something like that in our lives. I, I know for me, when I look back at my life, one of the things that the enemy tempts me with is to be discouraged in the areas that I am not at the full calling of what God has for my life. You know, uh, in fact, sometimes when you look back at your life, you can begin to get discouraged and say, you know what, I don't know if I will ever get there. But today, I'm going to read one of my favorite passages. I, I, how many of you like stories? Two of you, awesome. Well, we're going to share it anyways. Uh, we, uh, I, I love stories because when, when I hear a story, I'm able to attach to, to what happened in the story to the people that were there. And we're going to read an incredible story, a story that... Uh, the, the events that took place in this story only took place one time in all of human history. And it's an incredible story in the book of Joshua. But before I even get there, you know, today it's important, like Pastor JP said, to open up our hearts to the word. You know, God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And uh, one of the things that that you have to remember, and this is, this is, this is for free, okay? So when you're, when you're reading your Bible on your own, when you're at your office space, when you're in your house, it doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter uh, the circumstances that you're in. 
It doesn't matter the, the mood that you're in. It doesn't matter what song is playing. The presence of God is with you. If the Holy Spirit is in you, the Bible says that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And so it's important that, you know, the Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And, and when you begin to think the right way, your body and your spirit, they follow suit. And one of the things that we have to remember and we have to think is we have to say, God, I might not feel you, but I know that you're here. Go past feeling, okay? So today, we're going to go past feeling. In fact, you know what? Just shut your eyes. Just close your eyes for one second. Just lift up your hands. Just, just, just put your palms up and just say, God, we're ready for you today. There might, be, there might be all sorts of things in our minds. We might be distracted with, with what we're going to do after this. Or maybe there's a struggle that we're going through in our lives today. And, and it's, it's a little bit overwhelming. Maybe we're frustrated. Maybe we got into an argument on the way here. But right now, God is here and he wants to change us. He wants to apply the word to our hearts so that he can heal, so that he can mend and make new. Holy Spirit, we open up to you. Father God. Pour out your love on us today, O oh God. Holy Spirit, you said you're the comforter. I pray comfort today, O oh God. Draw near, heal, and make new, O oh God. Lord, the areas, O oh God, Lord, that seem distant from you, may we know, O oh God, Lord, you didn't leave anywhere, O oh God. You're right here, right in the middle of everything that we have going on, O oh God. You're right here. So, God, we open up our hearts to you today. Lord, may the word fall on good soil today. Our hearts are soil, oh God, and it's fertile soil ready for you to plant something and for us to birth something. We love you and we thank you. And all God's people said, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, amen. Put your hands together. God is good. Amen. You know, um, Today, I want to talk about something that I am very familiar with. I want to talk about messes. Um, how many of you, uh, and you're like, why? It's, I have three kids. So um, I have three children. They're all under the age of six. And, um, and so I am very, very familiar with messes. In fact, um, it, if my house is clean, I'm surprised. It's not, it's not because my wife doesn't do uh, her job. She's actually like, I feel like my wife is superwoman because I, I don't know how she does everything that she does. But, um, you know, when, when I walk into the house, I, I tell people, I said, my kids are a full-time demolition crew in my home. That's their full-time job. They, they don't have to do, you know, they're, they're not responsible for anything else except demolishing the home. That's it. You know, and, and so uh, whether it's like Legos that are like strung on the floor or whether it's uh, uh, breakfast and, you know, on the floor, it, 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 there's messes all around. And, you know, uh, I, I know that uh, maybe you can relate with me, but messes oftentimes are not just physical messes. How many of you know we make messes in our life, right? And, uh, and messes happen when you miss, you know, my, my, uh, my son, he's three, he eats like he's 16, but the table is typically a little too far away from him, and even if he's 
like on the table, somehow he manages to miss his mouth. The food is everywhere. It's on the ground. It's on the table. You know, you, you, it's, it's, it, it finds its way onto the wall. I don't know how it happens, but he's very creative in the way that the food enters the, the atmosphere, you know? And, and, and he, he misses. He misses. There's a, there's a place that the food is supposed to go, but he doesn't always hit the mark. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when you do things outside of God, away from the presence of God, when you make a decision that's outside of, of God's will, or when you make, uh, when you do something and you know God is not there, how many of you know you can even say a good thing, but if God's not in it, it could be a bad thing, right? You know, sometimes you're just, you, you, whether it's a sin thing, sometimes we, you know, we just say, oh, you know what, I know that this is right, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do the thing that I feel I have to do right now, even though it's wrong. And, and, and sometimes we just make a mess in our life. And I, I, I have plenty of messes in my life. And the thing about a mess is that they're kind of hard to clean up. Messes, you know, they, they don't clean themselves. That's one of the things I learned, you know. My kids don't clean their messes. We're working on it. But messes don't clean themselves. And in life, when there's a mess... And it, maybe it's an emotional mess. Maybe it's a relational mess. Maybe it's a work mess. Maybe you've made a relationship mess with you and God because you've been running from what he's telling you. Maybe there's all sorts of messes in your life, and the question is, okay, well, God, how do we, how do we, how do we fix up this mess? How does this mess get cleaned? I want to read a story to you that brings me so much encouragement. Now that I've gotten everyone discouraged about their messes, come on. Everyone's going to go home and clean their house. Praise God. Joshua chapter 10. Before, while you're turning there, I want to give you the context here. You see, Joshua, um, we know Joshua because he was a man that spent time in the presence of God. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the story, Joshua used to be with Moses, and Moses was leading the people of Israel into the promised land. God had promised the people of Israel that he was going to give them their own land. He had already given it to Abraham, and then the Israelites left. They went to Egypt. Egypt then enslaved them, and 400 years later, now they're going back, and they're waiting for the fulfillment of the promise. Pharaoh, he just, you know, all the ten plagues. You guys see the prince of Egypt. You know what I'm talking about, all right? And, and they, they, they got a, a papau from, from God, and then now the Israelites, they're, they're running out, and they're they're about to walk in to the promise, to the fulfillment of what God has for them. And part of that promise was, Joshua, you're going to lead my people into Israel. And your, and your job is to go in and to conquer all of the nations that are there. Don't make any allies when you go into the promised land. Which, by the way, a good piece of advice when you're following God, don't make any alliances with the evil one. Sometimes people want to go into the promise of God, but they have too many allies on the other side. 
So anyways, that's a different sermon. But what we're talking about today is that Joshua, he wasn't supposed to make any allies. And so here's what happened. The people, there's a people called the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites were a very sly group of people. They sent allies because uh, they sent um, um, people um, to Joshua because they said, we're going to trick Joshua. We know his army is going to come and conquer us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to say to him, hey, we came from a far, far distant land. We heard about how bad you guys are and about all the, arm, the, the battles that you've already won. And we're so far away. Don't worry. We're far, far away. Well, we want to become your allies because we've heard that God's blessing is on you. And so they put, they put uh, sour wine and they put moldy bread and they put like, old clothes on and old sandals on and they said we've traveled so far see look look all of our provisions they're all gone so trust us we're from a far far place and the bible records that Joshua and his men they tested the supplies but they didn't inquire of the Lord how many times have you made one of those mistakes right it looked like a good deal it looked like something that was going to be a blessing. It looked like, you know, I, I just, I mean, everything lined up so much so that I was like, oh, God is definitely in this. But you didn't pray about it. You didn't get counsel from people. You didn't ask and say, God, what are you trying to do in this moment? And so that's, that's what happened. And now Joshua has these allies that he's not supposed to have. He created a mess. He said, okay, I'll be your ally. And so he finds out three days later, uh-oh, these guys are my next-door neighbors, and I was supposed to conquer them. But now he's given them this, his word. So let me read this passage, and i got to move quickly here. Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its kings as he had done to Jericho and its kings, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai, and all its men were good fighters. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, Deper, king of Eglon. Come on now. I feel like that. I deserve a, a clap for that. I've never done that in my life, you know? <laughs> Normally I just don't read that. So come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. And here comes the problem. The, the Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. 
After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road, going up to Beth Haran, and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makedah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Now look at this. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to camp at Gilgal. I'm going to ask my brother to stay up here. We're going to just make a couple of points and then we're going to close. You know, this story is incredible because in the middle of a mess, you know what I love about God is he's not worried about it. You might have a mess today and it is like the biggest deal for God. It's no big deal. Have you ever talked to someone that's like much older than you and they're like processing things at a totally different level than you and you bring a problem to them and you're like freaking out and you're like, no, you don't understand. It's bad. And they're like, okay, sounds good. I'll call you in a little bit, you know. And they're like, and you're like, well, well do they, they, don't, they don't totally get it. And No, but they do totally get it. They're like, oh, yeah, I've been through that like 17 times. It's no big deal. You ever experienced that before? I love how God, when he looks at our problems, he's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, okay, so you like basically put the promise of God in jeopardy, so you think, okay, I'm not worried about it. You know, when I make a promise, it doesn't fold. You know, when I, when I, all your promises are what? Yes and amen. In other words, if God makes a promise, you can't mess it up. You, you, as hard as you might try, you can't break a promise from God. You're not strong enough. You're not powerful enough. So we should calm down. Seriously. God's good. And he's really good with time, too. You know, when God, when God created your destiny, when he, when, he fought, when he thought about you, you know, because he thought about you before you existed, he knew the beginning and the end of all of human history, of all of eternity. He knew all that. You know, he's standing outside of time and space. So when you're on your journey and you, like, mess something up, God's not freaked out. When you, like, totally rebel and you go and do something really dumb, you go and do something that is just totally against his will, I'm not saying he's happy about it, but he's not freaked out. I'm not, you know, it's not something that he encourages. But he's also not worried about his promises being fulfilled. 
You see, because God, he knew that the people of Israel, he made a promise to them. He said, this is your land. It doesn't belong to the Gibeonites. It belongs to you because that's my promise. And so as the people are there, Joshua is looking at this scenario, and he's like, what a disaster, what a mess. And he says, I did this. This is my problem. You know, the, the best place to start with a problem is taking responsibility for it. You know, taking responsibility from a problem, uh, for a problem, if you did it, it's such a good starting place because that's when the grace starts to flow, right? So, look, apart from God, we create a mess. Whenever you make a decision that's apart from what God has in store, you make a mess. Some of you today, you've maybe, um, you've, you've, uh, you've done, you, you've backslid. Some of you maybe are here today and you're like, man, 2017, that year, I was, I, before I was doing good in God, but you know what, 2017 was rough. I made some compromises, I did things that I didn't think that I would ever do, and now I'm where I'm at today. You know what, you've got a mess on your hands. Because sin always has these ugly repercussions, right? Maybe today you, you've found yourself in a position where you didn't ask for advice, now you got a problem. You know, I used to believe that the way God worked was he had a perfect will. And then if you made a mistake, now you get 98% of God's perfect will. And then if you make another mess, you're going, to, you're going below 90s. You know, now it's not even an A average. You're, and then the more mistakes that you make, it's like the farther away. It's like, man, if you would have done what I told you in the beginning, man, my purpose and plan for you would have been incredible and awesome. But now that you've made these messes, you know, I, I can't get you all the way over there. But that's not how God works. You see, when God makes a promise, he fulfills the whole thing. It, there's there's certain promises that are that are conditional and then there's other promises that are unconditional in other words you don't have anything to do with it when god spoke you into existence and he says this is my plan for you he gives us an opportunity he invites us onto that journey and as long as we say god i want your plan for me god will get us there if you're running from God, it's different. But if you say, God, no, I, that's what I want. I want your will. God can get you there. You know, um, God is so good. When Joshua realized that he had a mess, he had some decisions to make. And look at, look at what he did. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. Can I just say today, you know, messes are ugly, but you don't have to be afraid of them. Some of you have issues in here that you don't even talk about because you're afraid of how ugly they are. You got things in your past. You got things that you've been bearing. You've got things that you don't want to even bring up. You don't want to acknowledge that it's even there, but it's holding you back because you're not willing to talk about it. Today, the Lord says, 
do not be afraid of them. You know what I love is that I have the privilege of, uh, I, I think Pastor JP said I'm one of the pastors at Chicago Tabernacle, and I have the privilege of really helping people along on their journey, and, and sometimes people come into my office, and, and all the time this is what happens, Pastor JP I'm sure experiences this, people come in and they're like, Pastor, i got to talk to you about something, so just brace yourself, okay? And I'm like, listen, whatever you have right now, I've heard it before. You know, sin, sin is not very creative. It, it, it's, problems are problems, you know. The same things they've been doing in the Bible since the very beginning of time, guess what? That's the stuff that trips us up too. And so when people come in and they're like, listen, I got something for you, I'm like, chill. Okay? Even if you tell me some variation that I've never heard, God's grace doesn't change. Okay? Amen? Don't be afraid of your problems. Don't be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Did you know that God, he gives you, he has handed you the keys to be able to overcome your problems. Because the Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Not one. Everybody say, not one. Not one problem that you've run into, not one situation that you've experienced disqualifies you from being able to see the fulfillment of God on your life. Not one. After an all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, so Joshua and all the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Joshua took responsibility, and this is what he did. He addressed the issue. You see, because addressing our issues draws the grace of God. Let me tell you something. You know what? I've watched people, I've watched people go in circles, and maybe you've gone in circles. I know I've gone in circles sometimes. Here's why people go in circles. The reason people go in circles is because they don't really address things. It's like, you know, they, they, they go this way, and they're like, oh, God, I want to follow you. I want to do your will. And then they're like, oh, but that one thing, well, I, you know, we just don't talk about that. Let's, and then you got to go back. And then you go up to, you get to a point, and you're like, oh, okay. And then that one thing comes again. Okay, let's circle. Let's just keep circling. And that's what happens. And God is here today, and he's saying, hey, is there a problem that has been unaddressed for a long time? Maybe you have some moldy bread in your back, uh, uh, in your kitchen. Today, it's time to go and grab that and throw it out. There's issues, there's situations that all of us have, but we have to be like Joshua. We have to say, today, I'm going to look that thing straight up, and I'm going to say, that's my responsibility, and I've got all the grace that I need in order to take that thing down. He marched all the way through the night. In order to catch them by surprise. And the, the scripture says that he took his best fighting men. He brought everything that he had. He says, you know what? I don't want to be an ally to anybody. But because I made a promise, I'm going to fix this problem. He showed up with his best. Addressing our issues, it draws the grace of God. Ignoring your issues does not make them go away. Ignoring the messes that you've created. You know, sometimes, sometimes a mess can be totally cleaned up by two words. I'm sorry. 
You know, sometimes you have left a trail of blood behind you, and the people that are most hurt by you, the only thing that they need in order to be healed is for you to say, I'm sorry. Look, we're not perfect people. We make mistakes. And you know what? Sometimes the thing that you got to do is you got to go back and you're like, you know what? I'm sorry that I said that. I shouldn't have said that because my, I know my words have power and, and I'm sorry that I cut you down like that. I'm sorry that I lost my temper. I'm sorry that I've created this environment for you. You know, some of you are in leadership and you've been leading poorly. You've been making bad decisions. Maybe it's in your workplace. And you know what? The people on your job, they are so ready to follow you. But because you're too proud and you're not, gonna will, you're not willingly going to acknowledge the faults that you've made, your team is ready to leave. But all you have to do is say, hey, guys, you know what? I blew it. I'm sorry. And then they're willing to line up. Today, I believe that God wants to do that. You know, I want to tell you a quick story. We're almost done here. We're about to pray. I was working with a couple. They were dating, and, and, uh, and they had a couple messes on their hands. The guy uh, was, you know, into pornography, and uh, he had been trapped by it, and the couple had not done everything the way that, the, way that the, the word says. And they were just in trouble. And I said, hey, guys, you got to address your problem. And they said, no problem. We want to do that, Pastor. We want to get right before the Lord. And I said, okay, so here's what you need to do. I said, I want you to take a break. You know, in order to fix a power line, you got to disconnect the power sometimes. Say, so I want you guys to take a break, and then, you know, we can adjust these things. you got to get close to Jesus, and you got to get close to Jesus. And they said, okay, that sounds good. Two weeks later, so pastor, we got back together. We feel like the Lord is ready to do a new work. And I said, guys, that's not what I'm talking about. And they said, well, we don't necessarily see it that way. And they, they kind of did their own thing. They come back to me about two months later. They're like, okay, we're really ready to deal now. You know, sin has a way of beating you up. Have you ever noticed that? Sin, it just, it, you know, sometimes the, the Bible says that sometimes you have to hand people over to Satan so that it can teach you to, to repent. Sometimes the devil, he, he's got to put a, a whopping on you before you say, okay, I do really need God actually. You know, and so they came back and let me tell you what happened. This couple so deeply repented. They said, God, we need you. They're like, we're willing to do whatever. What do you think we need to do? So we laid out a plan for him. We, we said, well, here's what you need to do, and here's what you got to, you know, you got to seek the Lord here, and you got to do this and that and the other. And they said, man, this is hard. Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. And they're like, okay, if this is what it takes, then we'll do it. And they did it, and they started to march. And can I tell you something? I have never been so blessed to stand at the altar and to marry a couple because when God restores something, it doesn't take a long time. You see, God, he, he moves quickly. We think, oh, it's just going to be unbearable. 
No, the minute that you start to address things, God begins to bring healing. He begins, he begins to bring restoration. He begins to change everything. And you know what this couple did? They said, God, we want you to do it for real, and we're going to look our issues in the face, and we're going to get free of them. And today, can I tell you that this couple is bringing other couples in, and they're like, hey, let me tell you a couple things that you need to know. Because God restores Addressing our issues draws the grace of God. And then here's the beautiful part about this. I love how God loves to go above and beyond. Do you love that? God, he doesn't just want to get you out of trouble. He wants to bless you above and beyond. And your mistakes and your problems don't limit the power of God from changing everything and taking you to a whole new realm of effectiveness in his kingdom. God, he wants to restore he wants to restore. Listen to this. On that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, I love this. Joshua jumped into the middle of us, and he into the middle of his problem. He was so bold. He's like, okay, God, we're not done taking care of this issue. I need you to stop the sun. Now, I, I don't, I'm not a scientist, I don't know a lot about the earth's rotation and all that, but I do know that the earth rotates around the sun. But you know what I love is that Joshua, he had such bold faith, he's like, I'm going to ask God to control the universe for me for just a minute so that I can take care of this issue because God's grace is here. You see, we limit and we underestimate the call of God on our lives. Did you know that God has called you to something that goes way beyond you? And so your success, your victory in God, your calling in God is way more important than your life. So when you ask for something, don't ask for small things, ask for big things. Because God wants to do it. God wants to restore, not in a small way, not in a way that's like, oh, that's fair. God wants to go above and beyond. He wants to do something that we couldn't have imagined. And Joshua said, God, if you could stop the sun, and I can imagine that God was looking down. He's like, well, that's not really how it works, but I got you. I know, you know, Joshua, you don't understand. I actually have the, it's the other way. Don't worry about it. I got you. Because God is... He's so ready to help. God sent the hail. He's like, I'm going to kill more of the enemy than you will. I just need you to look at them. I need you to address the issue. And here's the last thing. Maybe you've been feeling like, you know what, this problem has been taking too long and I'm too far gone. And you know what, I'm not close enough to God. And if I would have done this, that, and the other when I was in my, you know, early teens and when in my 20s or in my 30s. Or maybe you're, maybe you're like, maybe I didn't raise my kids the way that I was supposed to. Maybe you're looking back and you're trying to say, man, I would be somewhere else if I wouldn't have today. God wants to tell you that he makes the sun stand still so that you can address your stuff. God is not intimidated about the time that you've wasted and lost. God is not worried about the things that you've let go for years. God in one day can restore everything. In one day he can restore everything. Today... God wants to let you know 
He restores lost time. God restores lost time. Listen to this. Joel 2.25, I will pray you for the years the locusts have eaten. You know what that means? The locusts were a form of judgment from God on the nation of Israel. Judgment. In other words, God was punishing them. He was punishing them, and he sent locusts, and they destroyed everything. But then after that, they repented. And you know what God says? Don't worry. I'll restore everything that the locusts have eaten, all the years of crops that it usually takes to grow, all the, the, the normal uh, planting and sowing and reaping and all of those processes. You know what? I'm going to restore everything. Do you feel behind? Look to God. He's outside of time. Do you feel like you don't have a, a chance to catch up to what God has for you? You have not missed the fulfillment of God if you're still alive. God's grace, he can restore in a moment what it took us 15 years to destroy. And I'm not here to tell you some story that, you know what, the minute that you look at your problem, everything goes away. But I am here to tell you that the minute that you look at your problem, the grace of God is present. God is here to restore what the locusts have eaten. Everybody stand. Today, if you feel behind, you might feel like something has been lost and there's no way to recover it. You might feel like there's something that, that has been taken and, and there's no recovery. Today, everything is recoverable in Jesus' name. You know, I was praying for you guys last night, and as I was preparing, I just felt like the Lord was even saying that there's maybe even somebody here, that maybe you have a, a child and in, a, in a custody battle or something along those lines, and maybe you say, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to restore all the brokenness that happened. Today, I want to tell you, your child can serve the Lord. Your child is going to serve the Lord. Don't worry about what is going to happen because God is the one that restores. God is our perfect father. It doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter how far gone everything is. God knows. God knows. Maybe today you say, you know what? Well, how does God restore things that are just totally gone? Maybe today you said, you know what? I've even, I've even terminated a pregnancy. Today, God can restore. God can restore what the locusts have eaten. Maybe today you just say, God, I just need you to come. I don't even know where I'm supposed to be today. Just close your eyes. Everybody knows we have messes. If you've got a mess today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of how ugly it is. Don't be afraid of how big it is. Don't be afraid of how long it's going to take. Know that today there are messes that God, he's going to clean up. You see, the blood of Jesus, it can come in. It can wash dirty places and make them white as snow. You might feel behind today. Today, in Jesus' name, may that, may that voice of condemnation be done with and gone in Jesus' name. 
If that's you today and you say, God, I need that grace. I want you to restore lost time. I want to be able to go back and to say, God, this is a problem. It's not been addressed. I wanted it to be addressed today. The grace of God is here, and God fulfills in the middle of a mess. You don't have to worry about it. So this is what we're going to do. Just look it straight in the eye, and if that's you, you say, I need the grace of God. Just lift up your hand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The presence of God is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just look to him. You know what? Just for a moment, this is what I want you to do. I just want you to get honest before God. It's a simple process. You just look at what it is. You just say, God, I need you to address this situation in my life. And I am going to put my very best attention towards fixing this. Only God can restore some things. You know, some things we can't even destroy on our own, but God says, don't worry, I'll send a hailstorm. Don't worry, I'll go go before you. The things that you can't get to, I'm going to get to. And when you start to go, I'm going to go even harder. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just bring that thing to the surface, and I just want you to just do business with God just for a quick moment. We're going to sing here in a moment, but before we do, I just want us to pray and say, God, God, give us grace. Give us grace. God, I'm looking at this problem straight in the eye, and I'm believing that you are going to restore what the locusts have eaten. I will not be discouraged. I will not be dismayed. God, give me the courage to begin to fight the battle that I needed to fight a while ago. You're going to help me to win today. Hallelujah.